1: Pod Pod Diva. Hello, you're listening to Pod Diva. If you're an LGBTQIA plus woman or non-binary person, this is your weekly podcast. I'm Rachel Shelley. Singer, songwriter, Abisha believes using pronouns in her music is so, so important to make it inclusive for queer people and to create a space for them to be seen and heard. So whether it's the new EP, Everything Falls Into Place, with its happy, positive vibes or a sad, queer heartbreaker, Abisha is here to inspire and showcase a diverse, inclusive world. And Pod Diva is proud to have her on board. I give you Abisha. Pod
2: Pod Diva. So obviously your latest EP landed in July.
3: Yeah, so Everything Falls Into Place was just like body of music that I was so excited to like make and put out it was a load of songs that were finally coming from like a happy place and a positive place and the journey of like i'd written quite a few like heartbreak songs and like breakup songs and everybody goes through that kind of stage where it's like you're in a kind of series of failed relationships and you get like really down in the dumps about it and then i had a sudden like switch I want to just write a song that's the complete opposite of how I'm feeling and just make it so feel good, really positive vibes. It was still lockdown and we wrote If You Were Mine. It was basically about me saying how I'd never treat somebody the way that like somebody treated me and if you were mine like I'd basically just like treat you so well and make you feel so good and we were like we, we really need uplifting vibes for this and just like so much positivity and we decided to go for a garage beat which I was absolutely loving at the time and I still love it. I think it's just like so feel good and then we put out a you were mine and it was really well received and like, we got some Radio 1 support from Jaguar and other Radio 1 um, DJs which was so amazing and We then decided to just carry on that Garage vibe and it just lasted the rest of the EP, which I love. It was just like really, really cool. So then we did Home To You, which was the second track, I think, that I put out from the EP, which was also really well received. It was amazing. They were about my new relationship, which was much more positive. And yeah, for me, putting out that EP was just so important because it was showing a different side of me through my music that I hadn't shown yet before. It's also giving hope to anyone who wasn't in that place at the time. There's healthy love out there too.
2: So it kind of documents your personal growth. I think it's really lovely though, because we all need, as queer people, our own sort of heartbreak anthems, as well as our own uplifting (laughs) kind of stuff. So what Uh would you say is the difference for you in producing the, the more like upbeat, positive stuff compared to this heartbreak?
3: I think like both are equally therapeutic like I love writing a good heartbreak song as well and I've actually got like a backlog of heartbreak songs that we ended up never releasing which like I actually do hope to release at some point and I leaked quite a few of them on TikTok at the time before the CP came out and mm-hmm. yeah they got quite a good reaction so I definitely want to put them out at some point it's now just like slotting them into where do I release them because I'm also now not in that place anymore but I still love the songs and obviously at that time they were like super important and super relevant to what I was going through and I think the thing with heartbreak songs and songs that aren't necessarily so positive is that they can really help people that are going through that situation at that time because you're kind of hitting right in like where they're feeling and then making them feel like they're not alone like other people go through this as well. I know that like when I'm going through a tough time, listening to other songs about breakups helps me which is really weird but it does and especially like from other queer artists there was this song by Emily Burns that I listened to on repeat when I was going through a breakup I think it's called is it just me so sad (laughs) I'm so raw but that's like just what I needed I think and what people need in breakups for me the difference with writing then like upbeat music is Where writing, like, heartbreak songs is kind of like therapy and helps you get through something, when I'm listening back to my songs that are more kind of positive and coming from a happy place, I find it easier to enjoy them and listen to them and, like, they're more, like, dancey. I think they just serve a completely different purpose. They're more for people to have fun and dance to and enjoy and The last CP was also quite summery as well, and obviously it was released in summer, so that like tied in quite well. Maybe heartbreak songs are better for winter, so people can just like (laughs) sit in their feelings.
2: There's loads of heartbreak songs out there, but not so many that are sort of queer specific. So
3: it hits different, it does. I always make sure that I'm being super transparent that my songs are like women loving women's songs Mm. and I use pronouns and stuff because I think it is so it is so important to be doing that and to to make it inclusive for queer people and to create a safe space for them to feel like seen and heard.
2: the story about how you were signed is really quite interesting.
3: It was bizarre it was one of those things that i'd like read about growing up and I'd always wanted to be a singer I'd always wanted to do music and I used to write my songs from when I was like so young and my little notepads and stuff and I remember reading quite a few autobiographies when I was younger from other artists and actresses as well and I, I think I remembered like one which was I'm sure it was like Alicia Dixon or something or, like spotted on a train by a producer and approached and then that's how she got into music I was like oh that doesn't happen to normal people like, that doesn't happen in real life but I wish that would happen to me and then yeah about nine months after I'd moved to London I'd just finished my first year at uni I was at Goldsmiths I'd gone for a drink which I'd had to be dragged to because I was so tired after all my exams and my friends dragged me to a pub and yeah I was literally just stood at the bar and there was a a man next to me who i smiled at because he was like an older man and i was just being nice (laughs) yeah the next thing i know he's like in a really strong american accent hey sweetheart do you sing and i was like what (laughs) And i was like super shy i was like 19 at this point and i was like oh like, not really, kind of. And my friend and housemate was with me and she was like, yes, she does, like, she can sing. And that was kind of that. And I think he was working with FK Twigs at the time for, like, a bit before and said I'd reminded him of her or something. And then, yeah, we just, like, thought nothing of it and went and sat back down outside. And then about 10 minutes later, he came out with a little tiny piece of paper with, like, his name and his number on it and said to give him a call. And that's when we Googled him and we were like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's actually a really famous producer and he'd written like some of the biggest hits in like the 70s and we were just like okay this seems legit um, and I remember like calling my mom and being like mom this just happened and she was like are you sure and I was like yeah and then it was basically just like I would go and hang out with him at the studio and eventually yeah we started like writing together and recording and we worked together for about five years I wrote my first couple of singles with him but it was an amazing experience like I'd, I'd never even set foot in a record studio before I'd never like properly recorded my vocals or wrote songs from a studio so it was amazing it was definitely that everything happens for a reason type thing and the uni that I went to Goldsmiths was one that my mum had always wanted me to go to nobody else in my family had gone to uni but she'd had Goldsmiths in her head and I was going to choose a different one but if I wasn't there in that pub at that time then I wouldn't have met him and I wouldn't have got started in music properly it was something that I'd kind of not given up on but you know when you get to a certain point and you're like right i'm at uni now i need to focus on something that's kind of realistic i hadn't given up hope on music but it was something that i i didn't know how to kind of continue at that point i think it definitely happened for a reason
1: Part hold up what
4: was that Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com switch.
0: Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active mint customers by 53124 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your
1: laundry?
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Part Diva.
2: And you've spoken up about growing up as a gay person of colour in Devon, where you didn't really know anyone else that was like you.
3: From as young as I can really remember, obviously I grew up mixed race in a predominantly white area, so I already felt quite different when I was younger I was super shy like I was the shyest child and didn't really speak to anyone and I was comfortable with my friends but like outside of that I was just so so shy it was kind of heightened by the fact that I stood out because I was mixed race and I had like this big curly hair and I just desperately wanted to blend in and look like everybody else and hated being different it took me like quite a long time to embrace that and then yeah, as I got older and I was kind of discovering my sexuality and came out as gay it was good and bad and I was quite lucky that I had a friendship group which was like super accepting and supportive a couple of my friends were already out which was quite rare I've discovered now that like a lot of other people my age and a lot of my friends didn't have that at school I feel super lucky that like in an area where being gay and being black wasn't very common at that time and we're obviously going back like 10 years somehow I had a friendship group where like two or three of my friends were already out that was really amazing but then on the other hand like it was another thing that made me different outside of my friendship group it took a while for me to kind of like navigate that and become comfortable with it and it wasn't something that as much as I was out from the beginning and I'd been in a two-year relationship with a boy and then I came out and a lot of people were like hmm Are you are you sure? Like, because you've just been with a boy. Like, surely, surely not. And obviously, like when you're young, you don't you don't know your sexuality like instantly. Like, I was 17 when I came out. Like within my friendship group, I was super comfortable, which was amazing. I felt like really accepted. But then outside of that, it was something that I did struggle with for quite a while. And my family didn't respond to it great straight away. That was something that like took took time because it wasn't so accepted as it is now and I'm so grateful that although we're not in like the perfect place it is getting better I think and it is more accepted and because it's more it's more not common but it's more represented in the media I think and that really really helps. so yeah it was it was difficult at first and I think moving to London was a massive step for me in terms of kind of embracing that and accepting that because I was a surrounded by more people of colour and be more people who were in the community. That really helped uh, surrounding myself with more people like myself. Mm. So it was definitely definitely a journey.
2: <laughs> so representation is important to you. So what does it mean to you to represent your LGBTQI fans in particular? I
3: mean, it's just the, the most important thing to me, I think, especially for young people who are growing up to have those people in the media that they can they feel represented by I think I didn't have that growing up so for me that's super important to to give people music or like a face to feel represented by and a safe space to feel like accepted so that's why like for me I'm always make sure my music is like 100% authentic to me and what I'm going through and I like, I write all my own songs and I make sure that they're like super raw and like super real just so that I may be creating something that might help somebody through something or help somebody feel seen and heard and help people feel it's okay to be who they are and they're amazing just how they are no matter like what they might be struggling with or I think with young people it's also difficult to be coming out and discovering who you are especially if you're still living with family who may not be accepting I'm an ambassador for a Brighton based charity called Mind Out which also works with young people to help them through kind of their coming out journey and somebody just to like for them to speak to and it's a place for them to go and talk to somebody if they're if they're struggling so i think for me that's just something that hits home and is just really really important
2: i mean have you had any favorite interactions with
3: fans it's unfortunate that we've been in a pandemic and i've not been able to really meet a lot of fans face to face the messages i receive make me cry they touch me so much and i've received quite a few long messages where people have been like your music's helped me through like a really dark time and like without your music i don't know if i'd be here and like for me that's why i make music and that's why i am so like authentic with my music because if it can help somebody that much then that's that's just amazing to me and that's that's why i do it there's been a few messages that have like really really made me emotional and just made me so happy that I do what I do.
2: In terms of the music industry, would you say that it's supporting queer female artists as much as it could? It's
3: getting there slowly like baby steps, but I'm also aware that this could be happening because of like there's a pressure to be representing because it's obviously now so much more it's always been important, but I I, I now think that like big companies and are feeling the pressure to be kind of representing queer artists and queer female artists because they feel like they should be, they need to be. But I don't know if that's necessarily authentic. And I think for me, I would love to see people supporting queer female artists and queer artists in general because they want to and because they see us as equal to other artists. And that for me looks like queer people and queer women um, headlining festivals, for example like on the front cover of magazines for people to see and I I just think for it to be more normalised
2: what inspired you when you were younger to start performing and singing
3: my mum put me in dance school when I was like super young (laughs) Um, I'm definitely not a dancer and I was never a dancer but my mum basically is like super spiritual and she is also an astrologer so when I was born this is like a really long-winded way of telling the story but when I was born my mum had like three astrologers there to make sure that like my time of birth and everything was accurate and then she basically brought me up kind of according to my birth chart so she could see that I was going to be like a really shy kid and she wanted to do things that would like push me off my comfort zone to make me not so shy so she put me in dance lessons which then evolved into like acting and singing and I started singing, like, around a young age, just doing, like, performances in my dance school. And then as I got a bit older, I think when I was 14, I asked for a guitar for my birthday. And I never really, like, I don't know, I, I never really liked having guitar lessons. I mean, you can see a guitar, like, my guitar stick like there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hated, I hated lessons. I just wanted to learn to, like, sing the songs that I loved and I wanted to, like, learn to write songs on guitar. Yeah, when I was 15, I went through, like, a really Taylor Swift, like, country phase and i would like learn all of her songs on the guitar and just like sing them to all of my friends which was just so cringe but then like yeah i just started developing my own style of writing songs from there and i would perform them with my dance school i think it was around 15 14 15 where i started really like listening to artists and again like rihanna's loud album was a massive influence on me and also jesse j's first album which probably was like one of my favorite albums ever. I think with her also being I mean at the time it was like I think it was controversial but it was like Jessie J the bisexual singer. She didn't really like being labelled as that but for me like as a 15 year old he was probably like just starting to question my sexuality. Like that was somebody who I really identified with. I identified with her music and that also inspired me to start writing my own songs. And then from there, yeah, like my love of songwriting just continued. That's kind of how it started out.
2: You also model. You've kind of worked with Foot Locker on the Shoes Don't Change the World campaign and things like that. So how would you say your music and your modeling kind of intersect?
3: I think working with brands like Foot Locker and Foot Asylum and JD, I recently did Nike's 50th anniversary campaign, which is just amazing because for me, fashion has always been equally like such a big part of me as well as music. So mm-hmm. me to be able to combine the two things together is just like the dream. The fashion industry is something that like I'm hoping to be able to venture into further at some point in my career. Like I'd love to create a, a line or a brand or collaborate with brands to make clothing that I feel like is inclusive for people who are non-binary, people who just like like to dress more androgynous. Like I I hate the idea of gendered clothing. I've always worn men's clothes as much as I've worn women's clothes. And I think that's something that just needs to be more normalised as well in the fashion industry. So yeah, I'm working with um, Footlooker and those brands have just been amazing because I've been able to tell my story as a musician as well as be dabbling into that fashion side of things which is amazing and they just work so well alongside each other like I'm equally passionate about the fashion industry and the music industry they slot really well in together for me and like it's just bringing both of my like loves together which which is just amazing
2: what's next for you and what would be like the biggest thing you'd want to achieve musically or just in your wider career
3: What's next? I'm still I'm I'm working on um, some new music at the moment mm-hmm. um, in the studio today and tomorrow. So, yeah, working on the next body of music um, to hope for release soon. Then next year, like hopefully to get some live performances in. The biggest thing for me would be doing like a world tour and mm-hmm. just like play my music around the world and getting to travel with it. Yeah, definitely that. And also tying in the kind of fashion side of it and working with brands that I love unisex brands, there's a brand called 80s, which I adore, streetwear brands, stuff like that. But yeah, to be able to travel and play my music around the world. So reaching to the, the fashion industry would be the top goal for me, I think.
1: <laughs> Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva. Queers for your ears, in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Please listen and subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Diva Magazine. You can email us at editorial at divamag.co.uk. Share the love by leaving us a review. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva.